this show is to equip you with real world tactics that improve your leadership skills, build your wealth, and cause you to leave a multi-generational impact on your world. My name is Seth Campbell. I'm your host. Welcome back to the first installment of my Founders series. This is part two of my interview with millionaire founder, Alyssa Gamble. So in your mindset back then, so let's go, you know, two to four, four to eight. Are you thinking like, hey, I'm taking this thing to a couple million dollars a year? Or are you already like, wow, this is this is way bigger than I imagined? Like, what what's your vision back then? Yeah, I mean, I think we were just trying to get to 100 units back then. That was a lot. And not a lot of people in my market center did that. And so it was just, let's get there. I remember looking at when we did about 60 and thought, I, I started getting noticed by my also the leadership. Is people started asking me, what are you doing? You're really kind of rocking it. And, and I honestly couldn't even tell them. I just had put my head down. And again, I had talent next to me who was taking everything I was giving her and producing other business. And then it just started producing opportunities and started snowballing. And before I knew it, then we needed more help. And um, it wasn't until I was probably at about 140. 50 units that I started saying, okay, let's blow this thing up. Like we can make this really big. So I was still kind of like, oh, I, I mean, I still felt a little bit like I was a faker. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just throwing it together day by day. All right. So yeah, I think that's important for people here too. So you're already being noticed by people and internally you still feel like uh, I'm, I'm a faker. I'm, uh, I'm not sure I know what I'm doing here. And people are asking you advice at that point. Yes. Yeah. And what am I doing? How, how can they like start replicating? And I it's almost really always the case is like, you know, people think like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know that I can do it. And I was like, uh, that person probably doesn't know that they can do it. The one that you idolize, like they're probably saying that their, their mindset is probably saying the same, has the same, some of the same doubts for sure. So back then, was it always that like to, was it that easy? Did you have some death blows, big roadblocks, big setbacks, days you wanted to quit? Well, I mean, not back then. It was really like I was unstoppable. I mean, we doubled our business all the way through 2015, um, where we ended up um, 2015. I, I, we did uh, 1.5 million in GCI. Um, and so I'd grown kind of steadily. And again, like I said, almost doubled your, my business every year, doubled my number of families helped as well as the income every year and then kept adding people. I was also right. known for retention. So you um, keep going, my- you keep building, you hit 1.5 million revenue. Everybody hits a scale ceiling. It's just a matter of how long you hit it or how long it takes you to break through or how many times you bang your head. What? Where did, where did yours show up? So mine showed up in, um, I mean, we, we had done more. I was probably the, one of the top two or three teams in, in our um, company. And then uh, Five Doors came along. So more opportunities and really becoming like a regional um, director, which was a whole new job um, title. I wasn't sure if I could do that because um, it was recruiting other teams into the system. And um, that is when I, I hit a ceiling and uh, had some major 
crash and burned and lots of lessons learned through probably those last five years, 2015 to 2020, there was many, many lessons. So tell me about some of those lessons, some of the the crash and burn, like what what happened, how that show up for you? What did you recognize about yourself inside of that? Yeah, I mean, I think I, originally I had some pretty good momentum. I got a couple teams uh, to join fairly quickly. Um, and, and then what happened was it was there wasn't enough me to go around. So I would fix something um, and then it would be burning somewhere else in a different location. And um, I, you know, I was just going from location to location, putting out fires, and then there'd be another fire. Um, I ended up getting up to, I think, about 55 agents that I was in charge of. And um, it, it uh, I just, I'd always had a team of like eight or less. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, when you start scaling, the problems only get bigger. And so I would, I would be successful in one area and then crash and burn in another location or that leader wasn't what, you know, just thought they wanted to lead, but didn't really, uh, or didn't want to put in what it took. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I realized very clearly that leadership and sales are two different skills that, um, through that, I've also realized that leadership is where I get energy from. Um, I, I like sales. It, it is where uh, the money is. Uh, and um, that that is really, my heart is in helping others succeed in sales. And so, so um, your, your scale ceiling, which is by the way, a pretty common one is I've got, you know, location one has been amazing, successful. I'm I, whatever version it comes in, I'm going to multiple locations. And I happen to know your version was geographically pretty large, right? Uh, like Northwest part of the U S so you're crossing state lines and whatnot and, and come to realization of like, Hey, maybe a lot of our success had to do with me being there personally all the time. And I can't be in two different States at once or different location at once. And, and I have these leaders that are managing a location and maybe Maybe they're not the same as me, or maybe they're not as committed as I thought. Yeah, and we were pioneers, you know, exploring expansion. I think during, I mean, that was all a new thing. So we were figuring out models, changing models monthly, if not weekly, sometimes changing standards. And, um, you know, I think you've said before, uh, adaptability is one of the the keys to success. And uh, change is hard for a lot of people. And uh, so it, it was um, a, a unique uh, experience where we're to kind of be constantly adapting and figuring out. And, and for sure, the there, everywhere, every location I went to was a minimum of four hours away. So mm-hmm. it was it was majority of a plane flight or a minimum of a four hour drive. And yeah. so, um, you know, That's Zoom wasn't even a huge deal back then. So. Um, it was a lot of phone calls, um, you know, and, and, um, and again, I, we, we hired, I think some inexperienced leaders. And so that was, there was a learning curve there of, of what, 
um, leading is versus selling a bunch of homes. Yeah. And two or three inexperienced leaders out of a group of a couple locations is enough to paralyze you or, or just stretch you too thin as a leader. It's in a lot of the things we talk about on the shows, you know, is are, are things like that are, you know, it's, it's, it's different leading eight people than it would be eight locations or eight leaders You're still leading eight people, but them spread out and being in charge and you having a distance that alone is very different than I, mean, I yeah. think we forget sometimes what it's like to look, walk in the office and have this physical influence, this physical presence with people all day versus like a zoom or phone call check-in very, very different. Um, so when you're on the ground, you can also feel like there's just a, I don't know, there's something that I can almost sense or like I had, and it, it was harder to do when I wasn't there day to day and I yeah. could feel the energy, right. Or know kind of, um, even entrepreneurially what to do, um, that has come more naturally, but when I'm not there, it, it's, uh, definitely a, a challenge. And does that does that get easier now? Like through experience, you can kind of feel even on zoom if somebody's off or like over a phone call. It, it does. Doesn't yeah, I'm better it? at that for yeah. sure. Um, I mean, another, uh, learning was, was bringing on Amanda. So, um, you know, I had quite a bit of savings back then. And, and, um, I mean, that, that was, I hired Amanda who was a highly, uh, experienced, uh, leader and she had a big background so she was a handful uh, as 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 was and then um you know we we're all new and exploring so trying to lead her who's leading the team um was also um a really good experience that i think i would never i wouldn't take that back because i learned a great deal in leading somebody who is has already had a success yeah. in their career before and done a lot of things yeah, and you inserted this person in between you and some of the other locations. So you 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 went from like even if you weren't you know you were at the core of the business every day physically to like pretty distant at some level from where the business transacted, right? Um, which can be difficult, right? So you're leading leaders now instead of just leading. Yeah, I replaced. Leaders. Yeah, and I replaced myself in my location. So that was a, and I did that very quickly. Again, that was a learning experience. It is, it is, uh, I don't want to say impossible, but very difficult to replace yourself in a short time span. Yeah. So not something that I would replicate so quickly again, because um, I've stepped back in. Um, but that, I mean, my, my Boise original location started to go backwards once I stepped out and we, we, we did have a great leader eventually, but um, it's it still, we had a misstep um, that was uh, failed six months. And so it just never seemed to recover. Um, and so it was really finding the right leaders in each location was, was the, the most challenging of, of growing kind of that big that quickly. And then, uh, so, so kind of, would you say that, um, I don't love the question, like if you could do it all over again, I, I don't know if you do. I, I'm just never a fan of that question in general. Some version of that, like, would you advise people to invest more time in developing the leaders from within? Like start earlier on that. Like, in other words, like don't underestimate how much time, let's say you were working on your own replacement. Looking back now, like when would you start working on your own replacement? 
yesterday. And so I'm and working on it now. I mean, and I have and no probably plans to by more than one person, right? It's like, and I think that's a lesson people miss on on that first scale fail is like, oh, I thought I had my replacement, I maybe I didn't, and then when that one didn't work, then I really didn't have anybody else like that that farm team of talent from within. You really do need to start early and have four or five prospects. Yeah, and I would tell you, I have three now. And I'm mean, still not sure if, if they'll uh, ultimately step up, but that I'm, you know, mentoring and, and um, you know, got definitely a potential and desire because that seems to be the, the challenge is um, do they have not only the potential to be a great leader and want to do that because you have to love people to lead others because people are the, the challenge in most businesses. If, if people weren't in real estate, this business would be easy. Yes. Um, if it weren't so, for the humans, all the business would be easy. Yes. That's right. The humans make it difficult. So you've got to love the, um, to me, I just love to figure out the enigma of humans. And so um, you got to find others that want to do that. Um, and then and then it's also, um, to me, do they have the longevity to, to take on the task? Because it's not something you learn overnight where I can just say, do yeah. this. It's something that you've got to learn and grow over time. And um, I mean, I, I'm mentoring several right now. That um, So there, there's, you know, like we say, there's ingredients in success and I tend to see them in patterns and they're pretty, pretty frequent. There's also ingredients in those painful learning lessons, right? And what some people call failure, you know, I call them like learning lessons. So and I think that's it's important to hear like there's you, you hit on one of the common scale ones, right, is is you're growing so fast that a lot of times people say, you know, don't grow too fast because then it gets dangerous. And yet we do see examples where people really do grow fast and it doesn't get dangerous. If you figure out the gap between those two, probably the most common one has to do with the level of experience and talent people put in place kind of at that mid manager level. So in other words, I, I don't, I don't know what your opinion is on this. I would say going from one location to eight locations, some people would say that alone you shouldn't do. I don't know that that's true. I would say though, had you, had you had like real experienced people, or yourself, like if that group was really, really strong, consistently strong, it, some of that could work. And whether it's talent back at the home base, you know, it could be like, by the way, your accounting, your, your bookkeeping talent, it could be your sales talent, it could be your sales leader talent, it could be, you know, those location leaders. Would, would you agree with that, that the it's not necessarily yeah, to standards. I mean, yeah. if I look back, it wouldn't be that I would not do what I did. I would have held, and you warned me about that too, is hold to the standards. Uh, and I didn't, I, I like people and I, I didn't hold them to the standards and I didn't let go of, you know, of what we were going, going for. And, I mean, that, that would be what happened is I spent too much money without making money and we failed too many times without saying we got to stop this and do yeah. something different. 
it's almost like a, it's a little bit of a bet, right? And 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 you can bet on a higher risk person who's at entry level in front of you, and if they don't cut it, it's not going to kill you. You can't really do that at multiple locations as a leader, or even that first hire, that critical first hire that you had. That is just like you can't really bet those wrong and still scale. Those ones you got to get right. Entry level, you can bet. Right in front of you, you can bet. Leader there, leader there, leader there, four leaders, maybe one out of four you can take a risk on. Two out of four, you're in trouble. Right. Four out of four, you're really in trouble. So you, uh, and it's tough when you love people, right? You want, you, you become their cheerleader sometimes. You like, they have it, they say all the right things, they have the potential, but if you put potential, 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 you're probably in trouble. It's house of cards. So now you can, you you go through all that, you you clean it up, you refocus, you dive back into location one, you take back the reins of the CEO's hat, so to speak, the day-to-day running the business, start installing your talent again, your structure with your new learning lessons, and and you build what tell me about that like does it now get smoother because you're bigger now you're actually doing more with a a smaller group than you were with the larger group because it's you just have tons of talent there yeah i was going to say i wrote down some numbers here like as a region in 2016 we did 1.8 million dollars in in volume but uh in 2015 i did 1.5 with one team and then we grew to 1.8, but my, my original Boise team fell back to 1.2. Mm. So um, I lost a lot of, of players in 2016. So a lot of my producers, um, again, I left. So I think a lot of the vision, I, I didn't come back and keep telling it. And so they all kind of went away and they fell out of misalignment. Mm-hmm. You know, They didn't see where I was going. They saw it benefiting me, but not them. And so I, I failed in, um, you know, in telling the vision and how this move would be beneficial for them. Um, and then that's kind of what it, it continued to, we just struggled, we grew a little bit, but we struggled. And in 2019, uh, my, my team was still doing about the same 1.2 million in volume. In fact, in 2018, I had dropped to a million, mm. got it back up to 1.2. And then I came back in, we, we restructured uh, five doors and I became, um, you know, support one of my, several of the locations closed. Um, I support one of them, but um, really don't have any official role and then came back into Boise as the CEO and, um, and, and cleaned house. I think we had about 20 agents at that time, um, but none of them were really producing at a high level. And so, um, and, and what I realized in getting out of production and out of the team, that a lot of the standards that I had created to build the team up had gone away. Mm. That I was like, what happened to that? And they were like, I don't know, we just stopped doing it because we didn't see the point. Wow. But again, nobody asked me and there was, there was points, they just didn't see the big picture. Yeah. And so they needed somebody to come in and give vision again. And we've been rebuilding since then um, and have steadily kind of rebuilt so that, um, I mean, this year we're on track to do more than we did with 55 agents with 12. That's amazing. Um, with, with 55. Congratulations. I mean, that's, that's a great story and focus 
building talent around you. And, and the lesson, I think that's the lesson, right? Is it's not, it's not about going too wide, too fast. And that's probably that, that hurt you, but going too wide, too fast without the right kind of talent is deadly, is deadly. Um, so it's awesome to hear that you're doing the kind of volume revenue that you're doing now, and you're building a, a bench of talent right around you. Maybe those could be people that lead other pieces for you too. Well, and the difference also is, is back uh, 2015 was our biggest year and I did about half of the production when we did that. Like personally, your, your sale. I was the listing agent and everybody else was buyer's agent and, and referred me the listings, but I did all the listings. And, um, this year so far, you know, we're, we're, we're about a hundred units and, um, I've done about 10 of those. Wow. So from 50% of the business personally, 10% of the business, you're making more money on less minutes. And doing what I love, which is doing helping what you love, which is leadership more than sales developing. All right, beautiful. So that that's the journey right there. It's because um, you were probably more a salesperson than a leader before. And then you went wide as a salesperson. And that's that's really tough to do because you can't be there to save all those places at once. Became like transitioned and, and honed your leadership skills. Now you're deadly, you know, and, and you're succeeding through others. The people around you then are making more money too. Everybody's mm -hmm. winning in that, in that formula. That's beautiful. What do you, what, what, what advice do you give to the person who's like in the middle of that? Like go back to, I'm, I'm spread pretty wide. I feel like everything depends on me. People around me aren't cutting it. I'm not making as much money. I'm losing money, but I really think that my people can make it, but I'm frustrated and I feel like I got to do it all on spread. What's your advice? Yeah, I, I think uh, is, is really, you got to know why you're doing it. Um, is, is really the why is the most important because that's going to pull you through when it feels like the world is against you and nothing else could possibly even go wrong. It's the worst, the bottom, um, is to know why you're doing this and, and then really to look at what is succeeding. So although everything seems to be crumbling around you or not working, there still is some things working. And so go back to basics and really figure out, um, you know, what is working and, and how do we build from that um, is, is really, and just keep going. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were times that I was like, should I give up? Should I? And um, uh, I, I just kept going and I picked my face up from the, the asphalt and dusted off the, the rocks and, and said, we're going to figure this out one way or another. I know that I can make money doing this. I've just got to figure out the how. And so let's tweak it a little bit and figure out how. That's beautiful. Yeah. Your persistence is incredible. And, and that other ingredient you've, you've done a great job of having like wise people around you too. I think people, the only thing harder than struggling is struggling in isolation. So anybody that's, that's listening, that's in isolation, like and you're right. I mean, so that that is probably something that I've always uh, been. I s have sought out people smarter than me, 
And um, I mean, I still will call Erica Hill and say, we need to do yeah. lunch. I need to yeah, you're, something. you're, I watch you. Like you're, you're jumping on planes. You're going to meet people. You're, you're, a, you're a, a constant learner and, and wisdom seeker. Constant. And so it's, you know, get over any ego anybody has. I mean, it's like none of us succeed alone. What? Um, this is this is awesome, and I know uh, I want to respect your time. Let's let's jump to the fire round, the final fire round. Okay. All right. Um, so I'm gonna hit you with five questions that we'll ask every founder over and over again. Um, what number one? What book is most responsible for shaping your early leadership journey? There's two books. Can I say two? Sure. Okay. So Rich Dad Poor Dad was right. was the one that just really started. That's uh, that one. I actually, my aunt said you should read this book, and it kind of gave me the difference in in the business mindset versus go to college, get your degree, get a job. Um, so that one really started my business mindset. And then the Four Agreements is something that came a little bit later, but really helped me get through. Uh, a lot of the human things that happen, right? Like just don't take things personally. It's never about you, right? Always do your best and your best isn't the same every day. So um, speak with integrity and never make assumptions. So I'm constantly reminding myself even to this day of those things um, because of my constant interaction with humans. Yeah, two great books. Yeah, that one, especially for those of us that are more information based and highly driven. Oh yeah, there's not too much. It's real cut and dry. Here it is. Yes. Here's your bullet. Points. Four agreements will mess with your head. All right, love it. Number two, um, when you hit the wall of defeat, how do you personally reset? Um, I think it's good to get away for a few days and just literally reset. Step away, have some time to process and get perspective and and come back with fresh. So um, I, I have uh, my getaway is, is Garden Valley in my area. I've got a cabin up there. It's nature, whether it's going for a hike, I just get away from things so that I can process and get back to my core. Love that. Love that. All right. Every most, you see that what people need to know is like, you still hit the wall, right? You just have figured out your reset. Okay. This is a fun one. Um, rank these in order of importance in breaking through the $1 million ceiling as a founder? Who, okay. what, when, where, why, how? Yes, yeah, so why is for sure the most important. If you don't know why you're doing it, it, it just won't pull you through when it gets tough because there there is nothing uh, that is, is worthwhile that's gonna just come easy, in my, in my opinion. So you're gonna have some rough times, otherwise uh, everybody would do it. So the why is by far the most critical. Start with your why. I think there's a book by that. There is. Uh, who, like we talked about, the who is critical to me is who you're in business with matters. And um, there, are, nobody succeeds alone. So you've got to bring along who's and ones that align with you and your mission. Um, and then I think kind of the rest are really kind of fall in line. It's, it's the what, the when, the where um kind of lead to the how and so to me the the most critical are those first two uh the why and the who perfect all right uh question four what's your biggest need right now 
or what keeps you up at night? I mean, um, looking at talent is, is really, um, I mean, my biggest thing is is who else, who, who else can, can help with this journey and take us further, farther, faster. Um, but what keeps me up at night is really empowering others to, to think like a leader and to think long-term. We are so conditioned in this day and age for instant gratification. And so, uh, teaching others to see that what you do today will affect you, not just 90 days, but a year or three years, five years, um, is really, uh, the constant thing is on my mind is how do I get people to shift their thinking from short term to long term? Love it. All right. Last question. Thank you so much for being with us. Founder number one, Alyssa Gamble. How do people get in touch with you or learn more about you? Yeah, uh, you can get a hold of me by um, emailing me at Alyssa at fivedoors.com. And that's F-I-V-E, doors with an S.com. You can text me. Uh, I love text messages at 208-283-2996. Or you can find me on uh, any of the social media channels, uh, Alyssa Miniker Gamble. All right. You gave your cell phone out. I do. I did. Hopefully nobody (laughs) will stalk me. and. Uh, I, I love text messages and that's really the easiest way to get a hold of me. You do. And voice text. I do. I was saying to you the other day, this is one of those people that sent me a voice text with the punctuation. She forgets that she's like leaving a voice Period. Well, I do a lot of voice to text and that. What time are you going to, uh, we're going to have our call today? Question mark. But I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait, I'm recording myself. Anyway, um, Alyssa, you're amazing. Um, I hope everybody, I know folks are going to benefit a lot from this. I hope they got as much out as I did. Today, not even six months, you're a couple of days shy of six months of the year, passing the $1 million in revenue mark. You too can do this if you're listening. It's not easy. It's yet there is a path. There are models. There are patterns. There are people like Alyssa that are out to help you and guide you through it. Reach out to her. Get some, get some of her wisdom. She's an amazing individual. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alyssa. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel and our private Facebook group, Seth Campbell Podcast, and listen and learn more from some more founders to come in the future. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go forth and prosper. Thanks, Seth.